Today's episode is all about protein. While this may not be the sexiest mind-tingling topic, I know you need this episode in your life. If you're listening to this, then you have a body and your body needs protein. My guest today is Rebecca McConville, and she is an absolute plethora of knowledge. She's not only a registered dietitian, she's also a sports dietitian and certified eating disorder specialist. She's breaking down all the info about protein in a way that is super straightforward and will have you set. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to finally understand what all the hype is about? Why is protein touted? Is protein actually worthy of it? How much protein does your body need? And how can you figure that out without measuring and calculating all day? What foods are great sources of protein? Are all those over-advertised powders and supplements worth it? And my favorite bit, how our consistent protein intake affects us over the course of our lifetime and what many people are doing instead that is actually damaging. Recently, I released a podcast episode. It's episode 10 about the four healthy lifestyle essentials you need to know in which I encouraged you to learn just a little bit about one of those essentials, nutrition. I cannot even put into words how beneficial having a very basic, straightforward knowledge of nutrition is. That is how strongly I feel about it. Learning this myself is honestly the biggest game changer when it came to my own habits. And trust me, you do not need a degree in health or biology to understand it. The bare minimum is all you need. What Becca teaches you about protein in this episode is knowledge that we all need for basic nutrition. Let's dive on in. Here is all about protein. Welcome to the Unstoppable Moms Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Breen, and here we bring busy mamas like you seriously effective tips for balancing a healthy lifestyle with real life chaos. The chaos of raising tiny humans while still trying to have those magical moments to yourself. Not to mention your partner, your job, your social life, and all the things. If you're looking for the how-to for creating a healthy lifestyle for your family, actionable tips for losing weight in a healthy way, aka no diets and no sketchy pills that just make you run to the bathroom, and finding wellness without the overwhelm, welcome mama, you are in the right place. All right, Rebecca. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. I'm excited. All right. So let's just hop into it. And would you mind telling everybody just a little bit about yourself? Um, I would love for you to introduce yourself and just tell us like what you do and and how you got there. Mm -hmm. So I am a sports dietitian and eating disorder specialist. Um, So you know, kind of in a nutshell, I help people form a healthier relationship with food, body image, weight, health, um, whether it's for a performance goal, whether as busy moms, it's being able to take care of the the household um, and trying to kind of go back, especially in such a disordered culture and have them find what is going to work for them individually. Awesome. That's amazing. Um, okay. So I know that you said that you are a sports, um, sports performance and eating disorder specialist, but you're also a registered dietitian and you're a sports nutritionist and you're a performance expert. I know you work with a lot of athletes and you, it seems like you're, you're very, like you have just so much knowledge and experience on, on this area. 
But today I really want to talk about protein because we hear so much about it. And I feel like it's a huge buzzword right now. And it's one of the things that I feel might be being thrown out there quite a lot. Um, so could you tell us protein? Why is it such a buzzword right now? Like why is it becoming so huge and has been for the past few years? Great question. I always kind of joke. I feel like proteins like the, the Marsha, 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 the Brady Bunch, where Marsha really didn't do anything to get all the, the attention that she received, but yet it frustrates um, the rest of us. So, you know, when you go back and you look at um, like diet timelines and diet trends, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if things will turn on protein, but you know, in the 80s, um, when they started bringing more attention to quote unquote obesity, I hate that word. Um, they decided like, well, you know, fat has the most calories per gram. So maybe if we start targeting changes in fat, then that will change the trajectory of the obesity. Well, actually what they found is that trajectory even went up more. And now we've got this food system flooded with all these fat free, lower fat items. That went on for quite a while until actually just recently with the popularity around keto, then we saw a shift into carbohydrates where carbs are bad, let's do lower carb. And so protein was never, except maybe the Atkins diet made the center of it. If you ask me in my clinical opinion, why I think we're seeing an influx of protein being so popular is because unlike fat or unlike carbs, you can kind of isolate out parts of carbs and be able to um, make it popular, make it a supplement. Same thing with fat. You know, we see like coconut oil had its craze. We've got all these various essential and non-essential amino acids that in the supplement world, they can pull apart and sell individually. So like when I work with clients, it's nothing for them to be taking branch chain amino acids. Acids, then they put their way in their recovery, then they do casein at night. And so protein gives a whole lot of different avenues for this to be influxed into food products, supplemental drinks, targeted towards health, targeted towards performance. So there's a lot more profitability that's there. Whew, that was a lot to unpack, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I love it. No, because I, I feel like we, we always need the deeper meaning behind it or more information behind it than just what we see with the advertising. So because protein is, is really popular right now. And we feel like, you know, I, I, I've seen so much advertising that is preaching protein as like, it's the new secret to weight loss, you know, like, like you said, like in the eighties, it was, you know, low fat, you know, when, or no fat at all was the secret. And now it's more protein and things like that. Um, so how much protein do we as just, and I know this is a little bit difficult to answer because we have such different needs, but mm -hmm. if I could just kind of give the blanket of the average woman, um, how much do we actually need? And are we generally getting too much or too little in our, in our daily life? So lots of great questions. And actually this one is a little bit easier when we talk about like dosing or recommendations because protein can only be broken down, absorbed and used in a certain amount at any given meal or snack. 
So if somebody goes above their needs, I joke they've, they've just made expensive urine because it's been broken down and peed out or it's been stored as energy. You know, carbohydrates can be broken down and stored, same thing with fat. So for most premenopausal females sticking to 25 grams at every meal and then maybe five to seven at a snack. If postmenopausal, because we know there are shifts in it's harder to build muscle and we tend to lose our lean muscle mass easier with the loss of those um, hormones like estrogen, that actually goes up to more like 30 to 35 grams per, per meal. Okay, great. And then, so I know that is, you know, when we say like 25, 35 grams of protein, people are like, great. I have no idea what that looks like. <laughs> Can you, you know, just kind of give an example of what does that, what, what is that gram in, in, you know, related to food? Yeah. So I like a lot of easy things. Um, and so <laughs> the, the more feet on your protein, the richer the source, the protein. So our palm is actually according to our bone structure. So I hope everybody's holding up their palm right now. And if it's from a red meat, that's usually three ounces and going to be 20 grams. So you're pretty close to meeting your needs if you get a palm size of protein. As we go down, you know, chicken, fish, except fish can be a, a richer source as well. And then plant-based, we need a little bit more. So in that case, I actually tell them to simplify it and have two different sources at a meal. So that way they're getting the various different amino acids and they're also getting enough. So a palm, and then as you get into more plant-based or um, like chicken, doing a palm and a half is probably an easy bet that you don't overdo it, but you also make sure you get your needs met. Perfect. Yes. I feel like that's really, really just super simple, but useful information that a lot of people are looking for. Sure. Yeah. So let's talk about the science of protein. What does protein actually contribute to our body and how does our body use it? Like, why do we need it? And why is it, we obviously know that it's important for our body to function properly, but what does it actually do? Right. So I'm going to talk about kind of our, our day-to-day needs, but I actually want to go back and you had made a comment about it being touted as kind of like the, the weight loss miracle well, actually, I'm going to start with that and then I'll go back and talk about day-to-day needs because I know that that tends to be the predominant reason why people choose to focus on it. So there is some truth to that. When we break down protein, one, it's satiating, which means that it actually sends chemicals to the brain that tell you you're full. So we do stay a little bit fuller longer. If we have a higher protein diet, it is thermogenic, meaning that it creates more, your metabolism has to work harder to break it down. But that's only in an acute situation. The problem is that diets aren't gonna tell you is what are we missing when we overemphasize protein in the long run? You'll hear people talk about when they start out with kind of aggressive higher protein diets, they get really constipated, or maybe their um, cholesterol goes up or there's, or they find that now they're so exhausted at the gym. So we have to have that happy medium of, can they have a higher protein diet that is gonna help them stay fuller longer, but also be able to balance out their, their plate. So 
where protein comes in our day-to-day -day needs is it really is the building blocks of all our DNA, which means any process in our body is going to have some form of protein that helps create it. So our immune system, our skin, our hair, our nails, our muscle, our bone has to have protein as a building block. So that's another important factor is if we are over relying on protein and we also are not meeting our energy needs, now protein actually has to get pulled away from doing its job as a building block and become your day-to-day -day energy source. And we don't want that. So I love that answer there. And, and to continue on that, as we age and does a lack of protein affect our bodies and how does it affect our bodies? Not, not just, you know, if you're 60 or 65 and you're eating less protein, but what about if you have always eaten kind of lower, the lower end of protein, does, how does that affect you as you age? Sure. So as disheartening as this is going to sound to us, ladies, <laughs> we actually start to enter in what's called sarcopenia, which is basically where our hormones shift and prefer to break down muscle um, and don't build as quickly of muscle mass at age 35, which I'm raising my hand because I'm over that window. Um, <laughs> so the more that we can continue to have consistent, and I keep saying that word consistent because I feel like people go through these diet trends and they go really high and then they're like, oh, I'm so sick of protein, I can't eat it. And then they don't have any at all. Well, we, we do have to have protein every single day in consistent amounts for those building blocks. So if you kind of cycle off that or don't tend to consume a lot of rich protein foods, then you probably have less muscle mass. And muscle also helps us with flexibility. It helps us with um, protecting hormones um, as well. And so we want to be able to build that from day one. But I think what's happening is we don't eat nutrients. We eat foods. And I think because our culture has created so much confusion around what to eat, that we forget that if you just have a variety rich diet, you're going to get your bases covered. But, you know, I always say sexy, uh, what was sexy sells and that's not sexy. So it's probably not going to get marketed <laughs> that way. <laughs> no, but yes, that is so true. And I love what you said about how people will tend to get on those trendy diets and they might eat, you know, tons of protein and then they get tired of it and they have that kind of wave or, or roller coaster effect. And, and it is so important for that consistency, you know, throughout your life and, and in the long run. So when we think about protein, I think our mind automatically just goes to like meat right away. People are thinking like, you know, boring chicken breast. They're like, Oh <laughs> gosh, I got to eat that. But can you Locking tell us, <laughs> yeah. can you tell us, and I know there's a lot. So just like maybe some of the more ones that people don't think of, or ones that are in our grocery store, easily accessible, um, to any population of sources of protein. Right. Um, well, okay, so right now we're hearing more buzzwords around uh, vegetarian or plant-based, and I kind of laugh because that's truly what our dietary guidelines have always been. Like, eat plenty of plants, but also have meat occasionally if you choose to, um, and then also be able to incorporate dairy. So edamame and tofu come from soy, 
And so soy is actually a nice rich source of protein as well. And I think you be creative. I like to go to places like Panera and think about like, how can I make that at home? Like they have a grain bowl and they have edamame mixed in. And sometimes they may have some marinated tofu that's mixed in with the soup. Um, boom, right there. You can't actually taste the flavor of a lot of these foods, but you've now fortified with even more protein or actually this week I picked up a, um, a tomato soup. It was really cold and snowy. So I was like, oh, I'm craving tomato soup. And I couldn't figure out if they had feta or cottage cheese in it, but I thought what a great way to enhance the richness of a soup. Um, I couldn't really taste what it was. I knew that it was there, but the, with the texture, but it also added in more protein as well. Um, quinoa, quinoa gets put in the grain category, but it, really it's a seed. So it's actually got protein to it as well. Um, all of your beans, nuts, and seeds, and then anything that comes from that. So nut butters, um, you've got um, uh, hummus that can come from like chickpeas. There's lots of different products that you can incorporate and be able to build in protein as well. Peas, I think most people forget that even good old green peas have protein into it. So even though you're smashing it and mixing it in, who cares? You're, you're getting more <laughs> protein in as well. And then obviously our, our dairy. Um, cottage cheese is a really rich source of protein that also has casein. So sometimes if somebody's wanting a nighttime snack, that helps their body at night increase the growth hormone so it can heal and repair. But you also got a nice little boost of protein there as well. So um, I'm sure I'm missing a few in there, but I think those are some of the big groups. Oh, I, there's my other group, but hemp seeds that can be mixed in and chia seeds as well. So in winter, we tend to love our oatmeal. You can add in a tablespoon of that hardly taste the flavor or texture to it. And you've added another five to seven grams of protein. I love that. No, those are some great, fantastic ideas. And I really like the idea of, you know, going, if you're out somewhere and you're ordering food and you think, how can I, you know, how can I make this at home? And it makes it so much more accessible, you know, when you, <laughs> I live in Florida, but it sounds like you live someplace very cold. <laughs> <I'm> in the <laughs> Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for when you don't want to go get in your car, drive to the <laughs> store and get this, you know, this tofu edamame bowl from Panera, you can make it at home and having those sources available and having that variety available. I mean, chia seeds and, and like you mentioned, edamame, uh, you know, edamame to me is like a snack. So you can have that mm -hmm. on hand as a snack and like chia, as you said, you can mix it in oatmeal or, you know, I've seen like chia pudding and stuff like that. Um, so that is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of this wonderful information today and really breaking down protein and helping us understand it more and how it contributes to our bodies. And it is important. Like it's not just a buzzword that we need to overlook or be like, eh, that, that's just a passing trend. It is something that's important. So how can, how can people get in touch with you? Like, where can we find you and how can we connect with you? Sure. So they can either go to my website, which is beccamcomble.com. Um, on Instagram, Rebecca ED Dietitian. Um, I'm just new to Clubhouse. I'm trying to figure out how to, to use that. <laughs> same, and, same. <laughs> and then I, I'm on Twitter. I'm not as active there, but it's Becca Lee um, CSSD. But, uh, you know, always drop me a line if there's more that you want to learn about. And I just want to kind of add one last thing, you know, 
these foods that we eat actually work to enhance each other. So, you know, carbohydrates cause a increase in insulin. That's not bad because insulin actually then drives protein into the cells to do what it needs to do. Fat enhances our flavor, but also enhances the absorption of fat soluble vitamins and fat soluble vitamins actually help then turn on the building blocks for the protein. So it's really kind of cool when we leave it to our intuition to choose what foods to eat because it sounds good. We usually know what we're doing. It's when we get these outside information that makes us confused. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that because this is why it is important to learn just, I mean, you don't have to have a degree in health or, or be a registered dietitian, but it is important to just learn a tiny little bit about nutrition so that, you know, and you can decide for yourself and yourself, and you can make these healthy choices without feeling like you have to give into what you've seen, you know, posted on Instagram or Pinterest or whatever trendy diet happens to be popping up at the time. And, and you can learn how all of these things really do serve your body. Thank you. Thank you so much, Becca. Like, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you too. Bye. Bye.